One of the great things about podcasts like this Talk Piece of Art and Other Stories podcast, in particular, and at least in my experience, is that I can on the fly make announcements, pronouncements. Uh, I can do some judgment calls uh, in real time at the quick flick of an anchor button. And uh, it's, anchors really brought a lot of convenience to the podcast producer, of which I am. Um, I have help, but uh, for the most part, it's a one-man show. When you listen to Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories, you're listening to me and only me. Sure, I call in and bring in uh, new ideas from other sources, mainly people, uh, family and friends especially. I like getting input. I like it when you share episodes because it's more people uh, to get the word out. And most of my podcasts, about 90% of them are ramblings. Let's face it, I ramble and I like to talk. I don't necessarily rant. I have an undercurrent of rant maybe in some of my ramblings, but not every rant is a ramble and not every ramble is a rant. Or maybe I should say, not every ramble is a rant. Um, And uh, there are differences in those two words. Ramble implies... Uh, you know, just uh, looking out, at the, looking at the vegetable cart and seeing what your selection is, picking and choosing, and going and going with the, an idea. Because you can't talk about everything. You can't think about everything. You know, you're, you're, uh, you're watching, uh, you're watching TV, and you can't be really thinking about the cats at the moment. You just, you know, it's just they're not on your radar. You're, you're engrossed in, in, in your TV show movie and you're reading your book you know you need attention span I'm not a big reader because I get distracted I, I have uh, uh, the Alexis syndrome now the Alexia Alexia or dyslexia uh, I haven't been formally diagnosed with it but I know I have it I know I had it in, in school uh, with the nuns you know um, guy pay attention uh, I know I had it at work um boss would always tell me, focus, focus guy, you'll get it done, just focus, you know, and uh, that's what I tried to do, and once I did focus, I knew everything was going to be okay, but I rant and I ramble, and that's the great thing about the Touchmatic podcast, you know, um, I get ideas and I just run with them at the expense of uh, ignoring other ideas, you know, Uh, you can't, like I said, you can't talk about everything. No one can address everything. Not even the biggest genius in the world can have the mind to envelop every aspect of life. And what, what our Lord has, uh, has, has put out for us in, 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 a, in a landscape. It's like when you take in the landscape, you, you take in the whole landscape, sure you do. But then as soon as you focus on the, the foreground, you're, you're eliminating uh, the uh, impetus, the input, the input of the background, and vice versa. And it's all part of composition. It's the composition of life. And the whole point of this podcast, is to, this segment at least, is to apologize for another mishap with technology. And it was meant to be... Uh, a quick in and out on this. I just wanted to apologize and get out, but I ended up talking. The, the preamble here uh, already lasted four minutes, just leading up to the, the apology. But the apology is what what happened was basically what happened. Okay, was uh, my cats are rambling in the back and she's hissing at him. It's always her that's hissing at him because he uh, he's on the attack, but he's not really. He's all fun and loving. But here again, I get off subject. But my main thrust is to apologize for um, the deletion, the deletion of, uh, of um, I know Anchor can't help it. The way the, the, the whole system works is um, 
when you pu- publish a podcast, that's when it gets published and it opens up a clean slate for another podcast. You can't really overlap podcasts. You can't, you're going to overwrite or you're going to have to delete all your segments individually, including the commercials, uh, right on the fly uh, before you start in earnest with your next, uh, your next ramble, uh, your next subject matter, your next day of podcast or your next week. Whatever next month of podcast, whatever you decide your your intervals are, mine are just about every other day. They average out to be. I have uh, small breaks, uh, four maybe five days at the most, uh, where I won't do a podcast. But then I'll get back in front of the mic uh, sooner than later. Um, and uh, but the apology isn't for that. That's just the way it is. The apology is that. Um, I, um, what happened was here's what happened what happened is this this is what happened I uh, had to go and delete a previous podcast because it was still queued up even after it was published sometimes with Anchor it keeps everything in the queue um, on the queue page where all your segments are listed out uh, and you scroll down uh, and you can move things around and, and jumble things up any way you want whatever whatever way you want to tailor your podcast to which is great that's the, that's a great feature but sometimes it locks that page on and what you have to do is physically delete each segment um, and then empty out that cache totally uh, what happens is the commercial ends up getting deleted with the last segment so when you delete the last segment the commercial segment is automatically deleted and then you start your you start your your new podcast. You're now able to you have a clean slate. Now you're able to go in uh, and and do your thing. And uh, you know before you know it, your segments have piled up to a, a show that makes some semblance of sense. I've done this before, and the shows haven't deleted off the platforms like Spotify and Podcast Go. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, they, the, the episode has stayed on, so I was pretty confident that I didn't even really occur to me. Then when I went to go check for the episode that I had just uploaded, the new one, this one in fact, I, uh, the one before actually, I noticed that, uh, no this one, I noticed that I had erased the Buckles brand again. That's what it comes down to. I want to apologize. Uh, we had done a whole Pub, uh, we don't have it saved anywhere else. It may be out in the ether somewhere. I may be able to find it if I Google it. It could come up. I doubt it. Um, it was part one of Buckles Brannigan and Showdown at Showdown in Carbon. The story of Buckles uh, and the the bad characters that he has to come up against. The Marshal. The marshal had been killed in a, in a riotous uh, uh, showdown, a siege of the uh, Pinkerton offices after the Morgan gang came in and uh, pretty much shot him up. And uh, he was one of the casualties. There was another one that was killed, but he was the one that Buckles uh, was later found out. Uh, he found out after the fact, and as the story unfolds, he was in Pearson Canyon. Um, and I'm pretty much giving you the whole gist of it. And uh, he stopped into to South Fork and finding out by the sheriff from the sheriff Wyatt that uh, some bad things had gone down after a heist of a coach. Uh, Wells Fargo coach coming in from Denver was was robbed of an undisclosed amount of money and bonds were involved, but that's not mentioned in the show. But that was part of the script originally. Um, I decided to take out some of the details of the script. I wanted to focus more on the death of the marshal and get have a little bit of mystery behind what happened. And uh, it was a good show, about a half an hour long, 25 minutes or so. Um, had music, I had everything, um, had the sound effects in place. We had the gunshot, we had the saloon background, piano player. My cats are going at it again. Can you hear that? I don't know if you heard that that scuffle. She's under the couch right now here in the studio. I have a studio, my Studebaker, I call it. My Studebaker, my couch, my, my, my sofa. 
as a studio couch, and uh, I had one. We, we had one when we were kids in the boys' bedroom. We had a studio couch up against the wall. It was sort of a modern-looking thing. Uh, spindle legs, I believe. Uh, it was. Uh, it wasn't a convertible. It was. Uh, but I don't want to get off subject. The subject at hand was my apologizing to you for losing that episode, and you don't know what you missed because unless you listen to it uh, in the one or two days that it was up, uh, you don't know what happened. And we are going to try to recreate it at some point. We may even enhance it. We may actually improve it. And, you know, God does these things for reasons. There's a reason why that was deleted. I know there was. There's got to be. I don't know what it is now. I don't know what that reason is yet. Cats now pulling apart the couch. They, do, they don't do too much damage. Their claws, luckily, don't penetrate to rip out any of the fibers on my brand new couch. Um, got one of those sectional sofas that uh, I want to keep nice. Um, getting off subject again. But I apologize, and that's all I can pretty much say. And I hope that I, I hope that you will continue to listen to these podcasts, and especially Buckles Brannigan, because I think he brings a lot to the table with his dramas and his sagas. Welcome to this episode of Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories podcast. I'm your host, Guy Massey, and from South Fork, all the way from South Fork, Mr. Buckles Brannigan. How are you, Buckles? I'm just fine, Guy. I'm just fine. It's wonderful to to be talking with you. How are things there in Pawtucket? Well, everything's pretty good. It's about uh, 5.01, actually, on our clock here in the studio. I'm sitting, I'm lying down on, uh, right now, just relaxing in a uh, rather supine position, I guess you would call it, uh, here on the Studebaker, my studio couch. And I'm looking right at the clock. Um, It's now 5.02. I won't report every minute, I promise. Um, uh, I'm looking at some art on the wall, courtesy of, uh, CA Magazine. They were kind enough to allow me to cut out some of the, uh, artwork from, uh, past books that I've had in my collection. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I went through some, some books back about a couple of months ago. Uh, I, I even did a podcast about it on, on uh, proper framing on your wall, um, you know, one of those podcasts you don't really want to hear because you'd rather just go check it out on YouTube, a similar one by someone else that uh, shows you how to do proper framing so you can get some visual. Uh, it's, uh, it's Do it yourself. It doesn't really work on podcasts, I've determined. Uh, well, me, at least in my knowledge, uh, didn't get great feedback on those. Uh, in fact, I got some criticism um, from some important people that I respect their opinions of, uh, ending with a preposition there. Uh, the, the, the artwork ranges from, uh, actually my brother Claude has a beautiful rendition of Verdi, the opera composer. It's a beautiful pencil sketch he did years ago, uh, way back when, um, probably going back to the early nineties, I'm going to say, uh, I think it was a Christmas gift to my mom. It's hanging on the wall. It's a 12 by 14 uh, uh, approximate frame, uh, black, very thin frame, black, uh, clean frame with a with an oval uh, inset uh, or a cutout uh, uh, frame uh, mortise, I guess you would call it. And uh, he's smack in the middle and he's got a beard. He's uh, looking... Looking maybe a little scraggly, but he looks good. He looks good. Um, and uh, he's staring at me right now. One of those pictures that the eyes follow you around the room. 
no, not really. But well, yeah, actually, it does. Uh, it kind of has that effect. The CA piece is a communication arts magazine. Um, is a magazine that I collected uh, when I was in uh, college. I would always want. I subscribed to it, and I would look forward to every every copy that would come in uh, every month uh, to the house. And uh, it was like opening up a Christmas gift when I would open up that cardboard container with that, uh, uh, you know, 120 page or so magazine that was very printed on lovely paper, uh, thick, glossy paper. Um, so the reproductions are really vibrant. They've been sitting in the book with the pages up against each other in darkness, total total, uh, total graphic design magazine oblivion uh, until I uh, took them and brought them to light. Uh, so I, I'd rather have uh, artwork on the wall than artwork uh caught in the pages of the book, which, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't refer to any more than, you know, once a year, if that, uh, or if ever. Uh, some of my magazines I haven't looked at since, uh, haven't opened since I've, uh, since the, the glory days, my glory days of uh, graphic design, the golden era of my my existence in a, as a graphic designer which would have been the uh, the mid to late 80s. Um, most of my magazines are late 80s, early 90s. Uh, I've, the, the artwork ranges from uh, works by McMullen, uh, Anthony Russo, uh, Peter DeSive. Um, there's, there's, uh, there's really great illustrators of the time. Uh, some of them are still kicking, I believe, and they're still doing great work. Uh, once an illustrator, always an illustrator. Um, it sticks with it sticks with you for life. What's the difference between illustration and fine art? Well, I don't know. It's a very thin line, isn't it? I think illustration is used for commercial purposes. We can just check that one off the bat. Most illustrations are bought by uh, major publishers to produce in their book, reproduce. Uh, their illustrations are static images, just like uh, paintings. Um, drawings, sketches, uh, graphic work. Uh, but the gra uh, well, sketches, sketches in the fine art sense. Graphic work, uh, uh, graphic works would incorporate typography. Uh, once you put some type on something, it becomes a graphic or a graphic image. Uh, less, and, but still strong illustration. Uh, strong illustration, the heritage of it at least is, is of the illustrative nature. And uh, all these great artists now grace my walls. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six great illustrators and, and then seven, including my brother, who is another great illustrator. And I wish he would continue taking it up. He's an illustrator. I think he is an illustrator, but he's also a fine artist. Uh, he can straddle the two. Uh, it's a gift that he has um, of interpretation. Um, his landscapes are phenomenal. Um, he hasn't updated his Facebook pages uh, to show his work uh, or his web, his web, uh, his web tentacles, as they say, uh, in the ether of the great web web world we live in. <laughs> Uh, but they are still there. Of course, you know, once you publish something to the, to the internet, it's there forever. Uh, you can't take it down. Um, I think well, that's why videos go viral. Some people don't expect them to go viral. The one, the people that don't expect their videos to go viral are the ones that go viral. Uh, Claude's work ranges from uh, landscapes, well, intimate landscapes, to sweeping landscapes. He's a landscape artist. Um, maybe we should just call illustrators and fine artists artists. Maybe that's just the word. They are artists, um, each and every one of them, uh, Claude included. And so, but he did, he did dabble into to some portraiture. Uh, not much, but he did do it. He, I've got another great illustration of his three cats that he had when he was living uh, up in Nashua. Uh, there, there are three great little cats they're on the other wall in my in my home here, in the, the studio. 
the living studio in living color. Uh, and they're, they're great cats. Uh, there's a tabby cat. There's a white, a white girl with little streaks on her head. Uh, and two tabby cats, actually. Um, the names, I don't, I, I know their names, but I'm forgetting now. I know one, uh, one is called Tabby. Uh, Dottie, I think, or Dodie, or Dottie. Uh, Claude's going to correct me on that one. Tabby, Muffin, and Dodie. Uh, Mark just, Mark, uh, behind the glass, uh, well, partial glass here. I can see him. Um, if I was to get out a uh, pea shooter, I could hit him uh, without deflecting on the glass. No, just kidding, Mark. You're doing a good job. But Mark helps me with editing. Mark Helprin uh, is a good assistant. And the um, he's the cats are right in his area right now. They're hanging around with him. I don't know what the story is. I don't know what I did wrong. Uh, I asked them how they were doing today, um, how they're... Uh, it's early morning, and I asked them uh, how they slept, if they slept well, and they they, uh, they didn't answer me this time. Uh, so I'm kind of like miffed about the whole thing. And um, and you know I'm, I took a sip of my coffee. Excuse me, uh, but I had to. But uh, muffin, tabby, and Doty, great great drawing. Uh, and uh, got a lot of heart in his artwork. Um, on another on another wall is a mirror, an oval mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. Uh, who's the fairest podcaster of them all? Uh, and uh, it's got a gold, gilded, sort of gilded, but antique gilded. It's not too, not too bright there, not too reflective. Um, and it's a good sized mirror, uh, not huge. It's about. Oh, maybe two feet tall by about 18 inches wide, uh, oval. On the opposite wall, on the opposite half wall between uh, where the archway is, uh, as I look out in that direction, I see my Black Ships poster that I did back in 85, I believe, or 86. 86. And it was the Black Ships Festival of 1986. Features... uh, Two black boats in the horizon, in silhouette, of course, with black outline, black infill. Uh, the sky is uh, has got clouds, and the clouds make up on the left side the Japanese flag, and on the right side, hints of the American flag, or vice versa, I should say. East meets west, east meets west, or west meets east. The United States is on the left. Japan, uh, with its red sun is on the right and this the sky is white other than that and it's got a couple of little uh, ancillary clouds up at the top part of the part of the uh, poster to give it to, to lock in the composition a little bit more I've got uh, some aquatone uh, striations of water to suggest the ocean and I think it comes off pretty well I'm looking at it right now Black Ships Festival of 1986 and to the right of that is it shows it in Japanese script uh, in Japanese calligraphy is the interpretation of that title and subtitles thereof Um, and it's got very little copy it's got a little bit of a paragraph coming down with the features of the event and uh, that's about it for description uh, again over the podcast takes a little bit of energy to describe things, but I don't mind. Um, I've got a great McMullen illustration um, to the left of my bedroom door coming out of the studio here. Uh, I live I live it, I live in the house. It's a house studio set up. Uh, on the main wall uh, leading into the uh, at the far wall, I should say, uh, is a shelf with some uh, some uh, bric-a-brac, I would call it. Beautiful collectibles, a little collectible glassware and goblet. I'm going to goblet. Uh, looks like something from the midi- medieval time. I've got an oval oval plate, oval charger, a large charger up there. 
uh, perched pretty safely as to not fall on me here. Uh, and I've got my Antirene's painting of a moonlit night in the winter. Very nice winter scene, very peaceful and serene. Uh, I've got, uh, looks like Peter's a save over here, a, a, a quadra picked, uh, a four segmented uh, picture, like a window pane aspect uh, to it, with some different illustrations in each of them, each of them complementing each other. And the cats are on there too, Claude's cats, and, uh, and a black gold frame. Um, I've got some mysterious elephant picture there, of a sketch, sketchy-looking illustration, also courtesy CA. And um, I've got a uh, top of a skyscraper, which I don't have the name of that building, but it's a really neat building, and it looks very... Uh, it's of the uh, postmodernist, kind of a postmodern... Uh, uh, well, I'm going to say influence. I also have um, another illustration that is a, another quadrupic, uh, another window pane kind of breakup to that. And uh, by an unknown artist, I cut out the, the picture without knowing who the artist was. And it sometimes happens with some of these works, a couple of the works here, I don't know the names of the illustrators. I wish I had saved uh, that segment of the page um, uh, from the book. Uh, I've got other work. I've got work from my friend Paul Kibiski, who I went to art school with. Uh, he's got a great lithograph that graces my uh, wall coming into the dining room. Um, I've got some other other uh, illustrations. Uh, i got a Picasso reproduction. So I'm doing okay as far as artwork. I don't have any more wall space, really, to, to put up much more. I could add to some of the pictures on some of the existing walls uh, but I don't want to really create too much of a clutter situation um, so I've got I've got a pretty good presence of art in uh, in my abode as they say and in my studio so um, won't you uh, won't you set up your artwork today why don't you why don't you put up a couple little pictures on the wall it really makes a difference I think I know the, uh, the look now is kind of more middle, middle, minimalistic. There's, there's, I've seen some interior design of, let's say, living rooms where there's no art on the wall, and it does look clean. I got to admit, uh, they they put up a tall a tall flower set uh, uh, or, or uh, rushes or or sort of like. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, sort of tall grass uh, kind of plantings or, or vases uh, with some color, a color splash that really makes a big, big difference in a room interior. It's amazing what, 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 uh, what some flowers, uh, some plants with some color can add to a room. Uh, it's amazing what plants that are just green can add to a room. Hanging plants make a big difference. My sister-in-law is a big fan of hanging plants, uh, and I might incorporate that into my room. I don't have a lot of floor space, so my rooms might be a candidate for one or two hanging plants here or there. That's that's for another that's for another phase of uh, making some improvements. Uh, I got a report on my hallway. Uh, it's been a long time since I've talked about home improvements. I still the wallpaper is down, but I haven't gotten any further on my wall. My, my walls. I haven't gotten any further on the room in, in period. I painted the molding, the crown molding. I've got some relatively thin crown molding going around the, the hallway, around the closet, uh, around the bookcase. It's a built-in bookcase. And uh, the, the, the molding looks good. It's encouraging me. But I've been involved with some other projects um, and uh, not so much the podcast, but some other projects that have kind of curtailed me from that. But I'm going to get back to that, that uh, those projects, in particular the, ha- the hallway. I know I want to get that bookcase done. I, I, I want to empty the bookcase. It, it doesn't have a lot of stuff on it right now, but I want to take out what's there. 
and uh, give that a couple of coats of uh, my uh, off-white trim paint and uh, semi-gloss and just spruce that all up, freshen up that room. So that room is definitely there. Right now it's storing my mountain bike, which has been on a hiatus, a bit of a hiatus uh, for uh, maybe about a week or so. I haven't ridden the bike. I'm going to get back onto it. I'm still wondering how I'm going to podcast from my mountain bike or if it's worth podcasting. Is it What is it going to bring to the party? I guess when I try to do my podcast, I do ask myself, what am I bringing to the party? Am I contributing to my podcast? Am I furthering it? Am I furthering the agenda? Is it stuff that people want to hear? Is it things that you want to hear um, as a listener? Uh, these are these are the questions I ask before I set out to uh, to to podcast, and these are all determining factors. I I want to do something from the trail or do something from the road. Uh, when I'm on my bike, sometimes I feel I wish I had my phone with me so I could do a little remote. It'd be cool to do some remotes. Um, I want to go to Caratunk. It's a wildlife refuge that we have here, uh, Rhode Island Audubon Society. It's in Seekonk. It's in Massachusetts, but it's the Rhode Island Audubon Society. Go figure that one out. Uh, it's uh, a couple of square miles of beautiful trails, mostly walking. The, the park is really, it's a, it's a refuge. It's, it's designed really for just walking, not riding so much. I don't know if they even permit bikes in there. I, I would imagine it would be okay, uh, unless you're doing a racing course. Uh, it's got marshes. It's got all the ingredients in a really compact area. Uh, it may envelop another couple few square miles uh, if you include the right-of-way, uh, the power lines behind behind the refuge. There's a row of power lines that come through. Uh, great hard hard tech, uh, hard track trails for the hardtail, the mountain bike that I have. Um, MTB, mountain bike, that's the short term for it. And I love riding and I want to get more into the trail. I'd like to go with someone. It's good to have it's good to have a partner on the road or two. It adds to the fun exponentially. But at the same time, I don't mind riding alone. I uh, know it might not be the safest thing to do. I hate to take a spill and knock my noggin out. Um, I wear headgear, but I think you can still pretty much injure yourself. You may incapacitate yourself. You may render yourself immobile. Um, after some of those spills, it's some dangerous riding. There's no question about it. You can go timidly into it and be safe that way, but there's not as much fun factor. Uh, but it gets to the point where if you're, you're going a little too hard, maybe the fun is sort of evaporated from the whole scenario, you know, and uh, you, you know, you're back to square one. So it, there's a balance. There's a balance with mountain bike riding. That's the art of it. That's the art of mountain biking. Uh, and uh, whether you're on the trail, uh, whether you're you're on a on a, on a, a power line road, uh, riding parallel to the power lines. Now I think you probably heard my cats just again there. They're doing a little scuffle. It's their normal morning scuffle. Uh, he's looking for her. She is under my Studebaker presently. She is under my Studebaker, and she is uh, she is waiting for his cue. She's waiting to see what he's doing. He is whimpering. He is he's a whimperer. He is a whimperer cat, and combined with some meows there. Uh, she is a quiet girl. Very rarely will I hear that girl meow. Really, she's just not 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 there. She was quiet in the wild when she was born. And, she was lived about a month in the wild elements as a kitty cat, so she probably uh, learned to just be quiet. I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. I thought she'd maybe be a bit a little loud meow to call for her mommy. Her mommy was a little black cat that lived uh, in the right away or the the marshland area for for uh, 
there's a, there's a wetlands uh, designation designated area by the car dealership my brother my brother's car dealership in East Providence and uh, the, the litter was born the mother had successive litters there uh, the second litter was where I believe that we from what we know was where Lily uh, Lulu Lily is my previous cat who I've talked about of course she's she's a graceful lady she passed away in 2015 um, and but uh, Lulu uh, living there who was named after my mom by the way she's shorthand for my mom my mom's Lucille um, she was not referred to as ever as Lulu she my dad called her Lou affectionately um, and uh, but she but uh, Lulu comes from those elements and uh, I'm so glad that I have her now um, but she is a quiet little girl she is a quiet little being and she um, last night she slept in the corner of the office uh, there's a cat a cat platform there and she was at the bottom um, the bottom part of that platform it's a little carpeted area she was sleeping on that so I was glad to see that she had a soft spot last night not letting the cats in the room I had an accident with the cats uh, the, my man boy uh, decided to take a little pee um, he's fixed but he does do it from time to time if he sees a box not always, but if there's any box or any kind of area like that, he will he will take a pee. But it's happened very rarely. It's really not even a problem. Um, it was more prevalent at one point, but even then, not bad at all. Uh, my brother Pierre might say otherwise. He smelled the house one day coming in, and I agreed with him. But I quickly remedied that. We found out it was a area of urine that was uh, that I wasn't able to track that was emanating from the office uh, again in a spot where uh, a cat would pee he had never peed on the floor he's never peed on my couch he's never peed on my chair he's never peed on the table or the kitchen counter he's never peed uh, even let's say on the cellar floor where it's painted it's a cold slab down there and he is not he is uh, but and there they go again. There they go again. I can't control these guys. I can't tell them I'm doing a podcast and to be quiet. They don't really give a shit. Uh, they could give two of the shits, actually, and uh, they move on. But uh, the litter box, he, he keeps to his litter box. He keeps to his litter box. But that uh, the, the reason they're not in the bedroom, as I was getting alluding to earlier, he, uh, he did pee there. It wasn't her. That was the corner exactly where Lulu, Lulu, and I know why. It was exactly the corner where Lulu used to sit, used to lie down and sleep at that corner, that far corner of the bed, the foot of the bed. Uh, and uh, she she loved that spot. And I'm sorry that she can't go there now, but I'm just uh, closing the bedroom off. I laundered everything, of course. I washed everything and he actually came in one I let him in one time well he came in and I couldn't really help it and he smelled the bed uh, studying it and found out his scent wasn't there anymore so uh, do I want to risk them coming in I'd love to have them come back in have an open door policy as they say uh, but I know it's not really going to be in the cards Guy, have you forgotten about me? Who's that? Buckles. Oh, my God. Buckles, I apologize. I went into a little ramble there about my cats. And uh, before I realized it, uh, you know, I've totally forgotten about uh, you being there and standing on hold. You've been very patient. Guy, I heard the whole thing. I endured it very much. Yeah, I endured it uh, very, very much. Uh, we want to talk about my saddle soap, though. I, it's all, I'm all business today. Yeah, I guess you are sat, uh, in the saddle soap mind, mind frame, uh, mindset. Uh, you've got the saddle soap. You've got the uh, Buckles Brannigan um, line of cream, uh, the protectant, the spray protectant. You've got the uh, 
the shoot 'em up spray protector. Uh, you also have the uh, the well, you've got the can. Of course, the, the signature is your saddle soap itself. Yeah, my saddle soap is uh, is is selling great. We're happy with the figures. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of resp- positive response from from just about every every corner of uh, of our great country. Uh, we're f- almost going to be in Alaska, and we are now on the shelves in Hawaii with the saddle soap. They have horses there, and uh, we're, we're we're working with uh, Nigel and uh, Rodney. Rodney Quince, the Quince brothers, out in uh, in England, and they're getting set to uh, launch in Ireland on the test market there. So we're going to have an international presence with our saddle soaps. They got horses out there, and oh, we have our, our horses here. I was talking to my neighbor. Uh, she lives in South Fork. She's uh, She's got a beautiful thoroughbred that she 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 she, she races she she runs and she's a fast rider. She can ride right through the town like a sprinter. Uh, we don't encourage it here. The sheriff Wyatt he's kind of wants things a little quiet, quiet riot, <laughs> like the rock group, but quiet Wyatt in this case, and uh, he uh, wants some order. But uh, we're going to do a little horse race in town. We're going to plan it, do a little legal race where it's sanctioned, allowed. It's going to be on the outskirts of town. We're going to hopefully attract uh, the area populations. Uh, We've got some people that are living in Mayville, quiet, quiet community, north northwest of uh, South Fork. We've got some great towns outlying and lying across Rio Grande. We're going to tap into those markets and bring some people, the folk, in, in for the horse, horse cavalcade races coming in. We're going to start a whole series. We've got a lot of. It's going to be sponsored by Buckles Branding and Saddle Soap Products, and we're going to be really having a fun. It's going to be tied in with some carnival. Uh, got some carnival rides planned. We got some Ferris wheel. Uh, we got the Buckles Brannigan Shoot 'em Up Gallery, where you can do some test firing of your little pea shooters there. They, they look like my rifle. They kind of like replicas of my Winchester, uh, eighteen ninety-two. And uh, we got the uh, we got of course uh, pistols. You can do that. We got prizes. We got prizes. We got prizes. We got uh, got doughboys from Rhode Island coming down with the food truck there. Going to be placed. They got a long trip, but they're going to make it. Uh, uh, going to make it there. You got Johnson's Saloon sponsoring uh, muffins. They got homemade muffins, and they got the free lunch there in the corner that features the. The, uh, the, the, we're going to bring in the player piano as a background music. Oh, sure, we got everything really planned for a great outing. Outing, and it's going to be first week of uh, of November, and it's a late for the year, late in the season. It's after summer. The weather's a little cooler for the horses. We're all uh, horse-centric here. We love our horses. That's why my products are saddle soap, a horse-centric product. Uh, you see my picture on each of the cans. You'll know it's endorsed by yours truly. Buckles, that's fantastic. And um, I'm going to be down there the first week of October, uh, first week of November. Uh, we're already in October almost. Uh, we're at the end of the month of September here, closing in. Uh, fall started last week, and... Uh, or this week, actually, earlier this week. And um, we're really, we're proud to be associated with the whole enterprise. And uh, so we're really looking forward to it. How's your podcasting or your, your, uh, your I know you're involved with putting launching a new movie. We do, we do. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, Buckles Brannigan and it's the, it's the Nightcrawler. 
we're calling that one. And I, I, you're going to find out who the Nightcrawler is or what the Nightcrawler is on that epi- on that movie. It's an epic tale. It's going to be shot in color with some segments in black and white. Uh, we've got uh, dream sequences. We've got uh, uh, we've got a whole whole array array that we've let out. Uh, it's now in post. We're doing post production. Okay, we got the editing. The editing is going to be uh, very very very. A new kind of editing. You're going to find out it's a stylistic, uh, a la Sergio Leone, uh, without uh, paying homage to him, but not copying him. How do you draw that balance? Well, that's a balance that you have to strike. And uh, we do it definitely. Working with Mark on that, your buddy Mark Halpern. He's been down at South Fork meeting with me on the movie. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great product, I, I, pro, uh, great, uh, great venture, and, uh, it's, uh, of course, it's co-produced by yourself, you know that guy, and, and, uh, and your friend John Jacobs, my friend as well, Story Evermore, uh, is gonna make a cameo appearance on that movie, so we're really looking, she's already done it, it's already in the can, like I said, we're in post, we found out we got to do some other uh, second unit, second unit uh, sequences that still have to be inserted into the movie. You're gonna, you're gonna be uh, witnessing a great, great, uh, great compilation of scenes that come in and contribute to the whole. So we're really proud, but I enjoyed your, I want to say, Guy, I enjoyed your talk about your illustrations on the wall and talking about your brother, Claude. Uh, I, I, I haven't met Claude, but I understand that he's a great artist and uh, he's ramping up to do his own podcast pretty soon. It's been delayed. He was going to do something for September and now it's been pushed off. Indefinitely, we don't know when uh, he's got uh, he's got some technological hurdles to overcome. He's got some new equipment that was just purchased, some new broadcast equipment uh, and uh, microphones, and uh, he's getting his studio put together. So we're going to give him a little bit more time. Yeah, uh, I've. Talked to Claude actually yesterday, and uh, we didn't really get into the podcast. We talked about just about everything else, um, music, um, uh, different different things about uh, our family, uh, uh, and uh, we, we had a good conversation, but the podcast didn't come back in. We've been a little quiet on that, but he is working in the background to make it happen sooner than later, we're hoping. Uh, maybe, maybe, hopefully, maybe by uh, by November, we can we can see Claude Claude's new podcast come to light. He has a name chosen. I uh, won't share it right now. I don't want to really give away any kind of um, more information that I, I I want to. I just want to kind of keep it uh, a little bit under wraps right now because it is in flux. We don't know if it's going to happen. He has been working on it. And I'm sure he's going to be coming out with something very, very soon. Um, he's learning the Anchor platform and how to work with that in a deaf manner so that he can do regular podcasts on a regular basis. And there's just some sustainability there with his with his shows. So we're really, really excited about that. Um, I'm going to be meeting with him again uh, over the phone. we have another phone conversation. And we'll target that subject this time. Uh, and uh, just to get the whole status on that. And I think it's going to be great, Guy. I, I really do. I really think it's going to be a great, great show. Uh, he's got a lot that he, he can talk about. He uh, was a radio host in, back in the day at, uh, at a Connecticut, uh, at uh, the uh, radio station that is part of the Wesleyan University in Middletown, Connecticut, uh, Wesleyan. And uh, he uh, he uh, did a radio show there. I know your brother did, and uh, it was a very successful show called Giants Under the Sun. Uh, that was an option. I understand that you were going to 
title of this new podcast that. Well, it still is. It's always an option, but I think he's going with another one that, again, I will not, will not disclose at this point. Uh, I don't want to be strict about it. I just want to just uh, play it low key right now until we until we know uh, it's in flux. It's in flux. So I, I want to just keep it in, in, in perspective right now as to where it is. Understandable guy. Understandable. I totally understand. And uh, I, I want to just, before we, before we go, I don't know how long you want to have me. As long as you want to talk buckles, as long as you want to talk. Well, I want to just ask you if you're going to be making your way down to South Fork. I thought I'd put you on the spot here uh, to, to uh, see if you wanted to make a spot, uh, come down and do a spot for me for, for Buckles Branding and Saddle Soap. Well, can I do that remotely from Pawtucket? Sure you can, but you'll be missing the atmosphere, won't you? I want you to see my horses. I want you to meet Intrepid again. I know you saw him one time when you came down recently, but I want you to see my horse, and I wanted you to see my, my stable. I fixed up my stable a little bit. I've got a little uh, learning how to do some, uh, among, among some other projects that i got going on, I'm also learning how to do some blacksmithing and some iron hand. i got an anvil. i got some horseshoes. It's a long learning process. There's a lot to know with horse with uh, horseshoeing. Yeah, it's an art. It really is. It's it's uh, definitely something that you have to work at. It's a you know it's definitely a pounding pounding issue. Was that a joke, guy? I I love the sound of the hammer hitting that iron and that hot heat. I love dipping that in the water and listening to that sizzle. There's nothing more satisfying than that and hardening that iron. You know, those molecules are coming back into alignment when you do that and it makes for a great shoe. And uh, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm hammering them on the shoe. Nils let me do some hammering uh, the other day uh, on horseshoes that he made and on, on his horse, Jingles. And... Uh, Jingles was a good, good boy while we did that. And uh, it was a back back left leg, back left foot that we had to replace one of the shoes. And uh, he showed me how to take him off. Uh, there's no pain with the horse, of course. And uh, it, uh, it was so cool. And that horseshoe fit. I couldn't believe how beautiful that horseshoe fit. There was no grinding to do. There was no adjustment. That shoe was just perfect, and it was uh, each horseshoe is handcrafted, hand fitted, tailor fitted to each of the feet, the hoofs of the great animal. Uh, and uh, when that horse, the horse Galilee, the horse Jamboree is going to be such a great event. We're looking real, real forward. But guy, I've got to go. Uh, they're calling me over uh, to the saloon. For some, uh, we're doing an addition. We're adding on about 10 tables to the back room of the saloon. Uh, we're going to cut into the ante room there. The piano was at one point. Uh, we wanted to keep the piano safe and uh, the piano player safe from all the raucous that could happen. So we put it in a little ante room that uh, the sound still projected out to the main room, main hall. But now we're going to cut into that ante room and they're calling me over. So I've got to go check. I'm supervising that project along with some roofing projects that we got here in town. I'm a carpenter by trade. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an actor and I'm a performer. I'm a uh, apparently a podcaster now when I'm being on your show so many times. I'm also a uh, entrepreneur of product. Uh, with my Buckles Brannigan Saddle Soap line. I'm a promoter and impresario of sorts now with my horse, horse races in town and different varied events. But I love carpentry and I love to contract. And I'm a contractor 
Also, I'm a prospector. I like looking for gold in the Pearson Canyon area and other areas surrounding South Fork. It's fun. It's adventurous. Even if I don't make a strike, I still enjoy it. If I do make a strike, I look over my shoulders greedily and make it sure no one else knows about it. Can't come in, invade the area and take over. I'm couchy like that. I'm a couchy guy. I wouldn't put you as a couchy guy there, Buckles, but it's great to have you. I'm thanking you again for being on the show this morning. It was just wonderful to talk with you as usual. And good luck with your ventures. God, thank you again. Thank you so much. And uh, good luck to you. Continued effort there. And uh, all the best to you and your audience. This is the GJM News Report with John Jacobs. From New York, John Jacobs. Good day. The nightfall is giving way to the start of another day. Daybreak is yet to come. It's 6.03 Eastern Standard Time. I sit in the studio here in New York with teletypes in the background, waiting for dawn. You're getting up now, making your coffee, making your eggs, and your sourdough toast, and you're ready to head out to work and join the thousands of others with the same destiny in mind. Each of you in your own pod, heading down the lonesome highway. Some are riding in their car with people in the car, but most are alone, heading down the lonesome road to the workaday world. Some are riding to the office. Some are riding to the store where they need to open it up for the day's activities. Some are heading to the museum. Some are heading to the radio station to broadcast the morning commute. Some are just riding with no planned destiny in sight. Some are wearing masks while others are eschewing the mask. Some are listening to music. Everyone has destiny. Everyone has purpose of life, of love. Some welcome chance and happenstance. Some recoil. Yes, it's a busy road. A busy road to the workaday world that most of us endure. The same thing will repeat itself in the opposite direction 
at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And then everything will be quiet when they return home. Home from the workaday world. This is John Jacobs. Have a great, great day. And thank you. Please share these podcasts. 